for the first time and uh, I thought that was uh, some sweet tunes to play anyways um, so fake podcasts for two people you guys have both done them before this is my first time um, yeah so we'll go over my news and notes of the week uh, spoilers on boys uh, I've, I watch a lot of wrestling. So, uh, let's start with Raw. Uh, the only thing at this point, Friday night, as I sit here drinking wine, uh, by myself, it's what, it's 1230 in the morning-ish. The only thing I can remember from Raw is the, uh, great moments of the, the, uh, Guns and Gallows beating on Roman Reigns and uh, Mr. AJ Styles getting uh, upset and uh, how awesome that was to actually have a storyline that has intrigue and even more intrigue now that uh, some things happened later in the week that we'll get to later. Um, So yeah, that was good stuff. How can you not like it? Moving on to SmackDown. Uh, best part of the show was, uh, well, other than the beautiful Goldust R-Truth Fandango match that uh, was mostly dancing. Uh, my roommate Ryan was sitting here and he described it as five stars, uh, the best match he'd seen in a while. Uh, and, uh, our, we always joke that the, our favorite five-star match was a AIW match from recently, uh, that was Colt Cabana, um, and, uh, Tracy Smothers, and it was, like, the most ridiculous racist hilariousness going on for, like, a half hour. I highly recommend looking it up. It led to something where uh, uh, Missy Hyatt was there. It was great. Uh, anyways, that was good stuff, the gold dust, yeah. Uh, but uh best part of the show was definitely Owens and Jericho versus uh, the faces. Was it Sami Zayn and Dean Ambrose? Is that what it was? Um sip of wine for the uh, working guy. Uh, anyways, just got, well, we've discussed it, but Moro Ranello is the best. 
and him referring to uh, Owens and Jericho as cantankerous Canadians made me so happy that uh, there was just no no need to even come up with a tag team name. Oh, and and uh, uh, speaking of tag team names, the uh, the Rough Riders and uh, Sami Zayn saying that it was a sexual joke was the weirdest thing uh, on a SmackDown that I'd seen in a while. But uh, um, uh, I'm not good at describing these things. I, I I like describing them as you'd seen them. Uh, maybe I'm not good at podcasts. Uh, anyways, Owens was on full form of, uh, talking and yelling things in the camera, maybe even more so than he's been lately, and I'm pretty sure he just was referring to Jericho as the headlock master, and I guess that has continued in Europe on the tours, uh, as he's been referring to Triple H as the Chinlock, the king of chinlocks. Uh, so he just seems to be on, and they're letting him be on, and that's good. Uh, let's see. Uh, moving on to Lucha Underground. As I said, spoilers on, boys. If you haven't watched it, uh, it's my uh. One of my favorite things to watch every week. It's uh, always uh, enjoyable. Uh, not always the best. Lately, it's been kind of slow. Uh, I think kind of Matanza really brought the... Uh, Matanza debuting and uh, winning the title has really brought the show to a slower pace than it was moving. Uh but uh, Matanza and Mil Mortez met up, and it was kind of weird that they'd go for that so early. Um, seemed like a much bigger match, but uh, they don't have pay-per-views, so it doesn't really matter. Um, but it, the show ended with a huge, awesome-looking bump through Dario Coito's roof of his office, and... Uh, they fell through, and it was weird because it looked like the ceiling was a big hole. I don't know. You have to see it. It was bizarre. Um, and uh, the, uh, there's a lot of, uh, um, you know, showing Matanza in a cage. And I was thinking about it, and it seems kind of... Uh, um, like forethought and foresight uh, that maybe that has something to do with the future and Mr. Uh, Brian Cage, the non-roided out giant man that eats a lot, apparently. He said that on Colt's podcast once. Uh, let's see. Moving on. Uh, Ring of Honor lately has been kind of interesting with the return of Colt Cabana. Uh, cutting promo, saying that they offered him to come back years ago and he turned it down, be which I thought was not true. I thought they never offered him because he moaned and groaned about how uh, he thought that Delirious just didn't have any spot for him. 
But, uh, yeah. Whatever. You can, they're telling stories. Do whatever. Uh, but I guess, uh, Colt and, uh, Jay Lethal will be wrestling for the title at the next pay per view. Um, kind of reminds me of when El Generico showed back up to fight Steen, even though I don't think Jay Lethal and Colt Cabana have a, you know, 10 year rivalry. Rivalry? Did I say that right? Eh, whatever. Um, I'm about halfway done with uh, Supercard of Honor Night 2. There's, um, I fell asleep during it because that's what I tend to do. Uh, watched Bobby Fish versus Roderick Strong end their feud in a very good match. Uh, it was a best two out of three falls match. I recommend seeing it. I'm sure. If your name is the quarter marshal, you will see it. And if your name is uh, Rusty Nichols, you probably won't. And uh, that's okay. Uh, what else? Um, well, just NXT, I guess. Uh, so this week's show, we had a big debut of Mr. No Way Jose. No way, Jose, who was, as I'd read, been described as uh, kind of like a mix of Carlito and DJ from Street Fighter, and he ended up being like that, but throw in some Fandango in there, and he was a very boring wrestler. I was uh, not impressed. Uh, I want to hear promos, I guess. I wasn't impressed with the match at all. Maybe that's what they're trying to do. It's the same thing with the Drifter. Like, the Drifter seems stupid as shit, but then uh, weeks later, now, I don't know if you guys are current, but he's over as a villain, and he's like getting heat from sitting in the corner and brooding and playing his acoustic guitar and uh, is having a little tiny, you know, one week feud with Nakamura next week. And uh, so, yeah, who knows if no way Jose, maybe they're, it's supposed to be annoying. I don't know. I've heard that he's over on house shows, which kind of, Makes no sense. Um, and then the big news, of course, that was all over the internet. I'm sure you guys saw it, but uh, Samoa Joe beat Finn Balor to become the uh, NXT World Heavyweight Champion or NXT Heavyweight Champion or whatever they call it. Uh, it's a uh, big news, especially since uh, Balor was leaving the show, I guess, and told people to that he'd see them on Monday. Uh, so that leads to huge thoughts that we might be seeing Balor debut on Monday Night Raw, especially with 
the rest of his Balor Club. Uh, or maybe it will be at the pay-per-view, or, uh, or it could be not at all. I heard some rumors also that this, that Joe is supposed to win at TakeOver, and they decided against it for some weird reason, and saved it for a house show, Partly because they're coming to places like out west, and I don't know if it's sold out out here, like the Portland show. I don't know. And the idea that I heard is that that's an old promotional trick that if you let people know that the titles could change at a house show and anything could happen, well, it makes people want to go see house shows. Pretty obvious. Uh, it seems weird that all the shows on the West Co- or the East Coast seem to all like sell out super fast, and maybe it's just certain markets. Uh, and maybe you know, as with most shows on the West Coast, because we're or at least the Northwest, it's a wrestling dead zone, and there's only people like us that devote our times to watching it. Times devote our time to watching it. Sip of wine for the rock hard guy. Um, so uh, yeah, that's NXT. Uh, TNA. So I had been watching TNA. We kept posting little things about it. Uh, it, the show is. Leaps and bounds better creatively. Matt Hardy is on fire being a heel. It's just he's now feuding with his brother again. But his crew, he has the best crew of uh, Rebby Sky, his wife, Tyrus, the Funkasaurus, Rockstar Spud, and then Maxel, his child, that he brings to the ring, who is... Hmm, six months old, maybe. And he looks like a chubby little baby version of a Hardy boy. Uh, so I can't wait till when he's wearing baggy pants and spanging down at uh, Willamette Station here in Eugene. Uh, but uh, the characters like. Uh, Ethan Carter the third are great, and uh, the show isn't that horrible to watch, except when Ryan and I realized that Josh Matthews is the worst announcer in the history of all announcers. And it's weird, because I remember liking him in WWE and thinking that he did a pretty good job as kind of like a a mix between somewhere in the middle of Michael Cole and Matt Stryker. So he had more information about the wrestlers, uh, than Michael Cole does, but he wasn't quite as brainy as Matt Stryker. But now on TNA, the matches sound like something like this. Oh, Matt Hardy's walking to the ring. Matt Hardy just 
stepped up into the ring and Jeff Hardy is staring at Matt Hardy and Matt Hardy, oh my God, Matt Hardy just did something amazing and Matt Hardy just did this and Jeff Hardy just did that and oh, and then Maxwell's on the side of the ring and Jeff Hardy and Matt Hardy and he repeats names over and over and over. So if it's multiple man matches where there's like four or five men in it, he's naming names so much that there's no, like, there's nothing to say. There's no bearing. You can't understand what the fuck is going on because he's just repeating himself. And uh, it got to the point where we would sit there and watch Impact and just sit there and repeat names over and over again, and we would, like, do our own commentary and sound exactly like Josh Matthews. Because it's horrible. And I don't understand who in their right mind tells them that that sounds good and that that's okay. And then you have the Pope just sitting there laughing and putting himself over. Oh, the commentary is dog trash. And, uh, yeah, it's really bad. Uh... Yeah, so no wonder everyone is leaving, including, as I heard tonight, Velvet Sky is gone, and you have to wonder if she will be joining her boyfriend, Mr. Bubba Ray, in WWE very soon. Uh, well, see, we're at 18 minutes. Wow. First podcast, 18 minutes. First fake podcast, 18 minutes. Oh, uh, so my extracurricular for the week, of course, I've been watching WCW from the very beginning on the network, and this week I got to Bash in the Beach, 96, so I watched in its entirety the uh, Hogan debuting, or, you know, joining the NWO. And I remember watching it scrambled on TV, you know, scrambled pay-per-view back in 96 and being shocked. Uh, and it's kind of funny to rewatch them. Well, I don't want to say actually watch. I, a lot of the times I'm sitting here and I have the, the network on and I just am listening and doing other stuff and, you know, Sudoku and the like. Um, so we're, I'm, anyways, I'm right there at that point in the show, and, uh, the, I just started watching Hogwild, which was, uh, the pay-per-view right after, which Hogan and the, uh, the giant face each other, but I wanted to leave with the hilarious thing that I began noticing, at Bash in the Beach, they had theme music for Bash on the Beach that played basically like between matches, kind of like how WWE gets, you know, songs and then they play it between matches and they say, oh, this song is brought to you by whatever. And, uh, but with WCW, I, I mean, I don't know how much you guys remember, but every, like, DDP's theme song was uh, a fake version of 
smells like teen spirit and other people had a fake version of uh pearl jam i think even flow and i'm pretty sure jericho's original theme music was like pearl jam also like maybe a different song maybe it was the same song but so they would do a lot of sound alike songs so it was cracking me up when the song um, Bash the Beach came on and it was a sound alike of Seals Crazy. You know, sometimes we got to get a little bit crazy. Uh, and it was cracking me up because the storyline going on was very much that uh, Macho Man was crazy and they kept showing clips of the macho man and how he was crazy and how he was going to take out these outsiders. And for some reason it really stuck in my brain about how funny it was. Uh, which brings us to, I just started hog wild and they ended up having a song on there too. So I'm wondering if it's a theme and it's going to continue. I'll get back to you. But the song on Hog Wild was a complete sound-alike ripoff of Van Hagar's Right Now, which, of course, made me really happy. And uh, I didn't—I don't know if that had as much bearing on the storyline. But, uh, yeah, it, it kind of made me laugh. I wish I had recordings of these songs to play. Um... Uh, so anyways, we're going to end this uh, little fake podcast on a whimper, as I think you want to do, most people are want to do, and uh, I, I won't ask you to give me a five-star rating, and I won't ask you to uh, write things on iTunes, because this won't be on iTunes, and... Uh, Yeah. Good night.